This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody. Mike Francesa Podcast for this Football Friday as we get ready for week 17. Obviously, a day early so that we can get the uh, Dallas. Uh, Tennessee game in this evening. Uh, Tennessee, of course, completely falling apart with five straight losses. I've seen their season go down in flames, and they are getting nothing, nothing out of a lot of people, including their star running back, uh, and nothing out of the quarterback position as this season has uh, fallen apart. Dallas uh, is solidly entrenched in the playoffs, and we'll see where they land based on what happens. No one expects no one expects the Eagles uh, not to win another game. Uh, whether they have to play people to do that, uh, uh, whether they have to play Hurts, whether they have to play a lot of people, whether they can rest people, they need to get one more win to lock up everything, and I'm sure they will uh, get that. Uh, as we said, moving to this weekend action, really this week's about a couple of things. It's about playoff eligibility. It's about trying to stay alive into the last week with playoffs, which we're going to have some interesting confrontations, especially in divisions where you have losing records. Uh, and we're heading towards a Tennessee-Jacksonville meeting. Jacksonville has a very ticklish game against the Texans because they don't play well against the Texans, and the Texans have played much, much better with their big win last week. And, of course, the way they played against the Cowboys, the way they played against the Chiefs, they've played much better football of late. And like we said, they've given the Jags a lot of trouble, which the Jags know. Jags are much improved. They're getting superb quarterback play now from Trevor Lawrence. But this game is not an easy game for them, as we'll get to. Um, Colts and Giants, the Colts were pitiful on Monday night. Uh, The move to Foles makes no sense. They Listen, what they have done... The bottom line is they paid Matt Ryan a lot of money. The whole experiment didn't work. The owner has taken out his pain and his regret and his anger on Matt Ryan all season, benched him on a couple of occasions. Matt Ryan probably can't wait to see put Indianapolis in his rearview mirror. Uh, but to bring Foles in and act like they're going to play better is just absolute nonsense. He was terrible. Okay, the Giants just need one win. I think the Giants could actually get into the playoffs without another win, but they don't want to do that. Uh, They're going to get a break here because I think the Eagles will win this week and that'll lock everything up for the Eagles. The Eagles won't have anything to play for if the Giants need next week's game, but I think they should be able to beat the Colts here and go into the playoffs the right way. Go in off a win. Let their fans have the celebration of going to the playoffs off a win. They know a win gets them into the playoffs, so I think they should be able to do that this week against a Colt team, which is very solid defensively and usually plays very well in that game in the first half and then runs out of gas because they're on the field the entire game and they watch their offense completely fall apart, like the other night when they couldn't get a foot. So their their defense is spirited. It's good. 
but it falls apart. It just gets tired, and that's why you've had these crazy late-game collapses for the Colts in what has been a nightmarish 4-10-1 season. The Jets get white back at quarterback. Flacco's number two. A lot of people speculating that Wilson will never play again for the Jets. I don't know that that's the case. It is very hard this quickly to part ways with a guy you took this high in the draft. There are so many reasons why you don't do that. Because God forbid you're wrong and he turns out to go somewhere else and become a star. You look like a fool for 15 years. No one wants that on their conscience because there was a point where they believed that this guy was a special player. Otherwise, they wouldn't have drafted him where they did. And to say that the Jets still had outstanding drafts when they have that on their ledger shows you just how well they drafted at other positions. I've heard people say, oh, the Jets really weren't that good. Nonsense. The Jets were about to make a lot of noise in the AFC. The problem, as I told you all along, with the coaching, with their coaching leadership, and the quarterback take them backwards. Also, injuries hurt. The loss of Hall was terrible. The offensive line hasn't held up as well as they had hoped. They have been brilliant defensively for the most part this year. They have had a couple of breakdowns in the last couple of weeks at key spots. But the defense is legitimate. It's one of the better ones in the league. This Jet team can win as long as it gets solid quarterback play. Seattle has fallen apart recently because they've had injuries to key guys. And their lines have started to disintegrate. They didn't have any depth. Haven't had any depth there uh, at all. So that has hurt them. Listen, they tried to get by with Mirrors, and they did a great job, an absolutely great job uh, throughout the early part of the season. And now it's come back to haunt them. But, hey, they still can get to the playoffs if they can get a couple of big wins these last couple of weeks. Uh, One might do it. Two will definitely do it. As the same thing for the Jets, it's tougher in the AFC. The Jets are going to have a very hard uh, time getting into the playoffs now. They just have to try and do the best they can. Uh, Hopefully, White's healthy enough to play. Flacco should have been playing the last two weeks. I have no idea. I wish I was there to figure out the mystery of why Flacco has not seen the field. Because there's no question, absolutely no question he should have. In in my mind, there's not even an inkling of doubt as to whether he should have played. I told you all along he should have played. Wilson is not ready to play. Plus, he has had his confidence destroyed. The team doesn't support him. The team doesn't want him out there. The receivers, you know, show disdain for him during the game. That is all on him and the coaching staff. The coaching staff has not understood what to do with time management, with quarterback management. You can mismanage the quarterback position like none other in the NFL. You can screw it up royally, and he has done that. He also has not led this team the way it needed to to be led. He needed to divide. He's built a good defense. He's got some promise as a head coach, but he's also got some issues that he has to straighten out, including time management, sideline communication, and handling the quarterback position. Critical going forward here. Conversely, 
Seattle's gotten good play out of Geno Smith all year. Problem is, they've been banged up now in other spots, and it has really come home to roost. Very tough place to play, though. And Seattle will have a game plan they can win with. If Walker is healthy, if his ankle is healed, he could give the Jets a lot of trouble on the perimeter the way he runs. If he's healthy, he has got to be able to bounce it outside. If he does that, that's where he's a very dangerous running back. Bears and Lions. Lions took it on the chin last week. They were absolutely manhandled by Carolina. Carolina is very healthy, very physical. We told you about that. My buddy Rob Panarello has done an incredible job keeping those players healthy. And that team just completely ran over the Lions as we to the tune of 320 rushing yards. You never see that in an NFL game. That's an absurd amount of rushing yards in an NFL game. That's a, a rear end kicking of the highest order. Now they have to rebound against the Bears. They should at home, and then they play the Packers the last week in what could, in essence, be a playoff game. You would expect the Lions to bounce back here this week against a bad team that has very little to play for and has a lot of injuries in its own right. Bron- Broncos and Chiefs. Broncos had a jettison the coach. Wilson can apologize to him. That's fine. Let's be honest. He was not ready to be a head coach. He should not have been a head coach. He was a head coach for all the wrong reasons, and now Denver's got to go out and find a new head coach. They get the Chiefs. The Chiefs are in a good spot, but a strange spot. They need the Bengals to beat the Bills. If the Bengals beat the Bills, the Chiefs will be the one seed. If they don't, the Chiefs will be the two seed because the Chiefs aren't going to lose. They have two games left they're going to win. They have the Broncos and the Raiders. They're going to win those games. They always beat the Raiders, and the Raiders have benched Carr now, which makes no sense. Okay? It's not Carr's fault. The bottom line, I know he's throwing interceptions. It's still not his fault. He put up plenty of points and had big leads. It wasn't his fault when he lost those leads. The Chiefs, obviously rooting for the Bengals. You have three teams for one spot, for the top spot in the AFC. It's a very interesting situation because the Bills right now have the tiebreaker on the Chiefs because they beat them. They have the same record. Bengals are one game behind. If the Bengals beat the Bills, they move into the two seed, but they move the Chiefs into the one seed. Dolphins and the Pats. Dolphins, obviously, this Tua thing. Folks, if you can figure out this Tua thing, send me the reasoning. How can you not have a clue? And I was saying to myself in that game, okay, here is Miami moving the ball at will against Green Bay. They're up 20 to 10. They're moving the ball again. They wind up turning the ball over there on a running back fumble. They never score another point. They never move the ball again. What we didn't realize, and I didn't realize it at the time, nobody realized at the time that Tua had hit his head. We saw now the replay where he did. He clearly hit his head. We didn't see it. I didn't notice it. Hit his head, suffered a concussion. He was gaga the rest of the game, throwing three interceptions. And we were wondering what he was doing. He couldn't move the team. He was all, all of a sudden, his passes are all over the place. Missing guys by 10, 15 yards. We didn't realize he had suffered a concussion. How does the team not know? 
How do the guys who were supposed to be in charge of it not know? And how does Tua not say anything, considering his history? I don't think you'll see him again this year, and I'm not sure when you're going to see him again. He has become a absolute time bomb for the NFLPA and for the league. Because they continue to show how they don't know how to protect their players, and he is the poster boy for that. The Pats are going to really rue the day they didn't make the playoffs. They gave a game to the Raiders, and they had the Bengals beat last week and lost both games. So they're probably going nowhere. We know that. But, boy, they have really – who would have thought they would lose the way they have lost? It's almost inconceivable that they would lose games the way they did. Now they get Bridgewater. Hard game for the Dolphins to win up there this late in the season. Very hard. Saints, Eagles, you got to figure the Eagles know they need one. They don't want to play the last week against the Giants. They need a win. They'll get it this week against the Saints. Panthers and Washington. Washington goes back to Carson Wentz. Hey, that surprised the heck out of me. A lot of these quarterback moves are just for the sake of making moves as far as I'm concerned. It made no sense. The Foles thing made no sense. The car thing makes no sense. The move here, back to Wentz, makes no sense. Panthers are playing better. They are incredibly healthy. The interim is trying to keep the job. I don't think he will be able to keep it. He would have to pull a miracle to keep it. But they're going to be a tough out in this game because they're healthy and they're playing better and they're very physical in their ground game right now. Jags and Texans, who would have thunk it? It has become a fascinating, fascinating game. Here the Texans with just two wins, but one thing, they play really well against the Jags. They are playing much better now. They win last week. They went to overtime with the Chiefs. They really had the Cowboys beat. They are going to give the Jags, who next week play Tennessee for what could be the whole shebang in that division. Right now, they lead the division off their recent play. And the Jags know that they cannot stumble in what will not be an easy game for them. This will be, in every way, a very, very tough game for the Jags. There's no question about it. Jacksonville is playing superbly. The Tennessee is playing awful. Indianapolis is playing awful. And Houston's playing much, much better. They would much rather play Tennessee or play Indianapolis right now than to play Houston. They don't want any part of Houston, but they have to play them. They have to be on their best behavior this week. This is an upset alert all over the place. This will be a very hard game for them. The Packers have new life now off the win in Miami. They now get the Vikings this week. The Vikings, they are in very good shape. I know they're dreaming that something happens to the Eagles and they wind up with the one seed. It's not going to happen. The Eagles are not going to blow this at this point of the season. It's not going to happen. But this game, obviously, against the Packers, always a big game. Packers have this game, then the Lions next week. 
They win those two. They go into the playoffs. Hey, they might even get into the playoffs with one. So this is a very, very big game and a very big game for the Packers who need it a lot and need it in a very big way. Enormous rivalry game. Packers, the line tells you everything you know about who needs this game. The Packers favored at home by three and a half against a 12 and three team. They're seven and eight. Vikings are 12 and three. Packers are favored by three and a half. That's all you need to know. Rams and Chargers. Chargers are going to the playoffs, so who cares about that game? Rams, I know, hung 50 on the Lions and got the coach fired, but he was getting fired anyway. I mean, hung 50 on the Broncos and, and got him fired, but he was getting fired anyway. It's just a question of what week he was getting fired. Steelers and the Ravens are the Sunday night game. Steelers are playing better. Ravens have done it with mirrors. I mean, to be 10 and 5 without their quarterback, to be 10 and 5 with all the injuries they've had, to be beat up as much as they are, they're always a dangerous team. They will be a dangerous team in the postseason. Uh, you have to figure. I know this game is typical. Steelers, I mean, right down 13-10, usually that's what the final score is these games. I think the Ravens will beat them. The Niners get the, who we're playing right now, as well or better than anybody in the sport. Right now, I think they are co-NFC Super Bowl favorites with the Eagles. They are playing superbly. They get the Raiders. Raiders. Bench car, cars done with the Raiders. I mean, I, you want to call it frustration. You want to call it that he's throwing interceptions. The bottom line is car can play, and that's a terrible decision. Pin this on car is an absolute joke. It really is. The Raiders have blown fourth quarter leads of 21, 21, 21, 20, and 17. They've had four games where they had huge leads and lost. I mean, I'm not saying Carter didn't make some mistakes in those games. He did. He's thrown some picks in those games. But the bottom line is uh, Raiders lost games they had no right ever losing. Not his fault. And then a wonderful Monday night game. Wonderful. The Bills at 12-3 and against the Red Hot Bengals at 11-4. and To me, there are three teams in the AFC that can go to the Super Bowl. Kansas City, which I've told you all year is my pick. Buffalo and Cincinnati. That's it. Cincinnati wins here. They move into the two. Buffalo goes to the three. Casey goes to the one. Cincinnati loses. Casey's the two. And the Bills are the one, based on unless they lose next week. So the bottom line is, Chiefs need a loss and a, need a win, two wins and a Bill loss in the last two games to get the one seed. You want the one seed. This year, the way the playoffs shake out, you really want the one seed. It's the only buy. You want the one seed. It makes a difference. It will make a big difference. It really will on a lot of levels. Not only just because you get home field, but you also get the buy. It's a big, very, very, bigger than ever advantage. There's no question about it. So many teams dabbling with the quarterback position. And making changes just for change's sake makes no sense. It rarely, rarely, if ever, goes well. It usually goes south. 
You cannot tell me that Matt Ryan is not a better quarterback than Foles. Give me a break. And Foles was pitiful on Monday night. And I don't expect to be much better this week. But that team, on every level, they fired a good man. They brought in a guy who has no coaching experience and has shown. And to just keep bouncing around with the quarterback position as they have makes absolutely no sense. Just no sense. You have the two of craziness with the Dolphins. Now you got the stuff with the Raiders. Now you got Washington changes. I mean, it's unbelievable what's going on with the quarterback position. It really is. And then you got a kid quarterback who was the last player drafted in last year's draft who was leading the team. And in all this quarterback talk, the real story is a kid out of nowhere drafted last who is leading a team, maybe to the Super Bowl in Brock Purdy. And if Garoppolo can come back and is healthy in the postseason, you let Purdy play, you let Purdy start, and if he needs to be replaced, you replace him. If he doesn't, you leave him alone. To me, you leave him alone until something goes down. If something goes down and he has a terrible start to a game, you got a relief pitcher there to go maybe rescue the game for you. He has to blink before Garoppolo gets the job back. That's how I look at it. And he is a wonderful story. And we have teams that are red hot, like San Francisco, like Cincinnati, and teams that have just fallen apart, like the Dolphins, like Tennessee, like the Jets, Seattle, just teams that have just slid and just hit the skids in a big way. In this long season, which still has another week to go after this. And we'll have a couple of interesting games along the way. You're also, you also know that you're going to get at least, at least one division where the team is going to be under 500. It could happen in more, it could happen with Jacksonville and Tennessee. It's going to, I think, happen. With Tampa. I mean, Tampa still could win its last two games, but Tampa's lucky they've won any of these games. They never should have beaten the Saints a couple of weeks back. They shouldn't have beaten Arizona the other night. I mean, they, they are fortunate to win any of these games. They still find themselves under 500. But the other teams are three games behind. So the Bucks. You know, they're going to be able to probably find their way into the postseason, but I do not expect any miracles out of them. And I would not be surprised if the Panthers give them a really tough go on over this week because I think the Panthers are now, it's usually very hard, and this will be a very big statement, and it will tell you about that game. Bucks usually can stop the run. If Carolina, which is coming in with the powerful running game now, if they can run on the Bucs, they win. If they can't run on the Bucs, they lose. It's as simple as that. They're not going to win the game through the air. 
and you will know right away in that game. And the Bucks usually are very good against the run. We know that. That's the strength of this. The guy's been a strength for a long time. And they will be ready for that. But that's going to be the kind of collision you want to see because that Carolina team is very healthy right now and is feeling its oats a little bit, which makes that fascinating. Your emails when we come back. You're listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. I'm Mike Francesa for this Football Friday podcast that we get up early so that we can take the Thursday game into account. Um, on this holiday uh, weekend, we want to wish everybody a very happy and healthy new uh, year. And if you've been one of these millions of people displaced this week or without luggage this week or without a plane this week or without a hotel room this week, you know what? I feel very, very badly for you and uh, patience because it has been a circus and I think it will be right through the new year. I don't think this is going to get better by the day. I mean, I saw this morning Southwest had canceled a couple more thousand, a couple of thousand more flights. So uh, it has been a three ring, an absolute three ring circus, and it has all fallen on their shoulders, which isn't fair. All right, emails right now. But first, let me tell you uh, the Mike Francis of podcast, as always, is featured on the uh, Bet Rivers, not Bet Twice, Bet Rivers uh, network. So for all of your Wagering needs. It's Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey. Play Sugar House in Connecticut. And look for the podcast on the Bet Rivers network. That's where you will find it and that you will see it featured each and every week. Um, emails. Here we go. Mike Francis of Podcast at gmail.com. That's where you send the emails to Mike Francis of Podcast at gmail.com. This one's from Alex. If you were coaching either the Titans or the Jaguars, how would you approach their games this weekend? Both teams are in an unusual position where the games this week uh, are meaningless, but they must win next weekend's head-to-head matchup in order to make the playoffs. I disagree with you 100%. That's a Jaguar game is meaningless. Tennessee is in a different position. They're a veteran team. They know they have issues and they know where they have issues. The coach is a proven winner. He knows he's got a nightmare at quarterback. He also knows that he's not getting what he needs out of his running back. Okay? And they will not be measured as they play Thursday night against Dallas and then get ready for 11 days for what is a playoff game. Okay, we understand that. When you are talking about building the culture of a young team, you cannot play with their emotions, and you cannot play with how they, pre- how they prepare week in and week out, and especially how they finish the season. Jaguar, the Jaguars are winning right now. They believe in themselves right now. They can't flirt with that and say, guys, we can take our foot off the pedal here and then we'll put it back on next week. They can't do that. They aren't experienced enough as a group to know how to do that. That would be a nightmare for them. If they lose this week, 
and they might lose straight out this week, and they will be trying very hard in that game this week. If they lose this week, I think they are way less percentage-wise with a chance to win next week. I think it hurts them dramatically going into next week's game if they lose this week. They are on a roll. They have tasted winning. They are believing in themselves and setting up a culture. We prepare, we win, we prepare, we play, we win. We get ready for the next game. We prepare, we play, we win. They cannot say, guys, relax. Don't worry about this game. Don't worry about this game if you lose it. And then get ready to put your pedal back to the metal against a veteran Tennessee team. Cannot do it. So I disagree. I think they need to win this week's game. I think they need to keep winning as they continue to get ready for that game. It's going to be an enormous game, I understand. Tennessee can look at it completely differently, and they will. They've been through this stuff a lot, and they're a banged-up team without a quarterback. They have some real decisions to how they want to play these next couple of games. The Jaguars pedal to the metal right through the Texans, right into last weekend for a division title against Tennessee. And I think if they win this week, they have a great chance of winning next week. And I think they need very much, very much their quarterback, their coach, their whole team, they need to win this week. Naraj uh, emails, Big Niners fan, would you continue to start Purdy even if Garoppolo is healthy? I've already addressed that. I play Purdy right into the playoffs. I start him in the playoff game. If he falters, I have Garoppolo in the relief role. I would have no problem in the second quarter of a game where Purdy is finding the game too big for him and now they're down 7 nothing or 10 nothing. I would have no problem going to Garoppolo. Team likes Garoppolo. Team believes in Garoppolo. It would give the team a lift. I think he's a good insurance policy, but I am not, giving a, I am not changing things until Purdy gives me a reason to make the change. I, it's Purdy's job right now. It goes into the playoffs as Purdy's job. Jim in Florida, why did the Steelers wait until the 50th anniversary of the American reception to retire Franklin Harris's number? Uh, I, I don't know the politics. I don't know the reason why. Uh, I, it doesn't seem possible that it wouldn't have been retired. I don't pay a lot of attention, Jim. You know that that's team stuff as to who, what numbers they retire and what they don't. I really don't get hung up on that stuff. But I would, if you had told me Franco Harris's number wasn't retired in Pittsburgh, I would have been surprised. I have to admit, considering his history, considering how many big games he had in the postseason, considering how many uh, big games he had in Super Bowls, I, I, would, I, would be, I would have been surprised. I really would. That's a prolific team. It's one of the great teams of all time, and I would think he would have been one of the guys they honored on that team. Mike and Mastic, it's going off just what happened uh, with Hackett in Denver. Could the Jets be pressured to make a move uh, on Salem? Uh, Would they make a move with their head coach? 
no, I, 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 no, I don't think he deserves to be fired. I think he's shown some promise. I also think he's shown that he has a lot to learn. He's done a miserable job in coaching the quarterbacks. He's done some terrible jobs in, in, in time management. But I think he's been the architect of a very good defense, which is his strength. I think – I'm not sure if he's going to be a good head coach or not. I told you I've been very up and down with him. I haven't been very impressed by him. I do see that he needs to get a lot better in a lot of areas. But I would not fire him, though. Um, Ken in Connecticut. When Zach Wilson was drafted, there was talk about him not being a captain at BYU. Uh, some thoughts thought that was a red flag. Should that have been a warning sign? It is unusual for a quarterback not to be a captain of a team, especially late in his career in, in college. But again, would I hold that against him? I would not. I would not. That would not be a warning sign for me when I vetted the quarterback. And they vet these quarterbacks in every way. They look into their backgrounds. They look into their family life. They look into everything on the field, off the field. They talk to everybody. When they're going to draft a player that high, he is compl- he's vetted like a political candidate. Um, I would not have held that against him, no. You know, when they made that pick, it was r- rare that I was very noncommittal to the pick one way or the other. I didn't have a good feel for him. I hadn't seen a lot of him. I hadn't heard a lot about him. Um, I just said, I'll take a wait-and-see approach. Uh, I saw a couple of good things in the first year. I saw nothing overwhelming. I saw nothing. And then this year, all I've seen is that this is a guy who has completely lost any shred of confidence that he has, and he has no idea. And I know I've been quoted as this, and I, I'm not trying to beat up on a guy. I hate when the bandwagon is all full of people just beating the heck out of somebody in our town. I don't like that. I look for reasons to go the other way. I just told you what I see, though. He, he has no idea how to play the position. None. He has not been schooled in any way, uh, and he has completely lost his way as a player. The odds on him ever becoming the everyday quarterback of the Jets now are very remote. I wouldn't put them at zero, but they're very remote. Claudio, I've never been a Kirk Cousins fan, but I think it's hard to deny that he's a top 10 quarterback at this point. What are your thoughts, and do you think uh, winning a Super Bowl this year would make him a top quarterback? Um, No. Cousins is one of those quarterbacks who's productive, who's clearly a player in this league, a productive player in this league, but not a superstar. You know, he's a, he's a solid quarterback. Can he do the job? Absolutely. Can he move a team? Absolutely. Can he score plenty of points? Absolutely. Can you win with him? Sure. Is he a star? No. He's a very, he's a starting He's a, you know, a, is he above average? Yes. Is he a a good, solid quarterback? Yes. 
Would I want him on my team? Not particularly. But is he awful? No, he's not. Paul, as an Adam Market Giant fan, I watch mostly Red Zone and get to see a lot of each team. I feel there is a significant shortage of quality quarterback play in the league, but also feel there is a significant shortage of quality head coaches. Which area do you think has the greatest shortage and why? There are always a shortage of quarterbacks. There's always a shortage of quality head coaching. Um, it is very hard to build a staff. That's why what the Giants have landed with Dable works. Number one, as I told you from week one, I didn't know if Dable would be a good head coach or not. Because when you deal with an assistant you have, who's a veteran assistant, you have no way to know if that coordinator, who usually is coming from a successful team, as he was with the Bills, is going to go north or south. There are many cases where great coordinators, Bill Onsbarger, North Turner, okay, never become good head coaches. Bill Bill Onsbarger, if you know, was the architect of the great Miami Dolphin defense. He was almost a co-coach with Shula. So people figured he was a lock to be a good head coach. He was terrible. North Turner, great coordinator, great Dallas teams. He was terrible. Couldn't lead men. Couldn't make decisions. Dable from day one. Number one. I was blown away by the staff he put together. Everyone tells me that's the hardest thing for a head coach now. I hear it from coaches who are friends of mine. I hear it all the time. Okay? How hard it is to build a staff. Almost impossible. He put a terrific staff together. And his hiring of the defensive coordinator was an enormous part of the Giants' success this year. McMartindale has been, has been brilliant as the defensive coordinator. Brilliant. As big a reason why they've won as any single reason for the Giants. Dable fits the job. He's got a little Andy Reid in him. That's what I see. He's very comfortable in his skin. He's very comfortable leading. He's very good at juggling all the things you have to juggle on the sideline during a game as a head coach. Some guys are, some guys aren't. He's very good at it. He's going to be a good head coach for a long time. Um. Giants have some interesting decisions to make. The quarterback one is fascinating. We could do hours on whether you should keep Jones or not. Jones brings a lot of good qualities to the position. He also brings some really distinct negatives to the position. He's a fascinating study. Benji asks, will two ever play again? My gut feeling is yes. But this is becoming a very, very delicate issue for the NFL, for the NFL PA. He's becoming a time bomb. He has been severely injured a couple of times. His future health is clearly at risk. You wonder how much damage he can take to the head and still play. Um... There's no question in my mind, having watched the first half of that Green Bay game, that he was severely injured in the second half. I said to a Packer fan of mine, a friend of mine who was a big Packer fan, I said, you know, congrats on the win, but I don't know what the heck happened to two in the second half. It was like he was bewitched. I didn't realize he had his brain scrambled. 
Now I now it makes sense to me. I'm looking at him saying, what the heck is he doing? I'm watching this guy in the first half. He is cutting his team to ribbons, and the second half, he can't find a field. He is a very delicate case. He really is. Paul emails. I think it's pretty clear. It's funny that he, I just mentioned Daniel Jones. Here's Daniel Jones' email. Uh, it shows you I don't read him in advance. Uh, I think it's pretty clear that Daniel Jones Finally took some positive steps this season. Do you agree? Can he be a good starter, if not in New York? Daniel Jones is a starting quarterback in the NFL, case closed. But he is only a starting quarterback in the NFL for as long as his legs serve the purpose they serve now because his greatest quality is his awareness and his ability to run at the right moments. What Daniel Jones has is a mechanism that allows him to run at the right moments. He makes proper decisions, but he doesn't make always proper decisions in the passing game. He is a mistake-prone quarterback. He's got a good arm, not a great arm. He's got a, he throws the deep ball well. You can throw the deep ball well and still not have a great arm. He doesn't. Um, I worry about Daniel Jones. If I was going to bless him and say he's my man, I will do that with some trepidation. But unless the Giants have a plan that lets them put their hand on somebody better, I think it is risky for them to get rid of Jones. I think what they will do is try to get a contract with Jones they can live with. Let him go in as the starter and start to develop a quarterback that they will draft sometime in the first three rounds in the next draft. This is a deep quarterback in the draft. So I think that's the case. Uh, more than anything else, I think that's the case. They will keep him. Let me wish you all a very, very happy new year, a healthy new year, a prosperous new year. May it be financially a lot better than this year was for a lot of people because this was a very tough year on a lot of levels with inflation, with the markets having the tough year that, that they've had. I hope everyone has a much more prosperous 2023 and more than anything else, a very healthy and save 2023. Um, and we will see you next week with the podcast uh, and obviously everything else that we do uh, on the Bet Rivers Network. And remember, for all of your wagering needs, it's Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey and Play Sugar House in Connecticut. Okay, so remember that as you were looking to bet your bowl game or the playoffs or next week's NFL games or whatever it may be, okay? And we had this contest all year uh, with the Bet Rivers folks on the that you can get up on the uh, app and wherever you check out all the Bet Rivers information. And I think I got a pretty solid lead with two weeks to go, so try not to blow it now and win the regular season against all the other guys they signed who do football. Um, so 
we'll try. I think what I'm, I think I'm ten or twelve games over five hundred, which is pretty good in this crazy year. I'll take that because it's been a crazy, crazy year. Uh, two weeks ago, before the playoffs start, the playoffs are going to be fun. I think there are. I have to tell you, I've dropped Dallas from my list. I think there's five teams that can win the Super Bowl: Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, San Francisco. Five. I've dropped the Cowboys. I'll tell you why when we have a little more time. Happy New Year. We'll see you down below. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan. And you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.